Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Get Fitty With It podcast. I am your host, Holly Starkbucket, and I'm so excited for you to join me for another episode. I did not prepare a song for this week. My apologies. <laughs> but this week we are back with a guest. I have the beautiful Adina Kelman on today. Um, we talk a lot about body image and food and really growing with yourself and with with your mindset around those things. Um, so I'll not dive in too much before we actually jump in a uh, little background though on Adina herself just quickly uh, she's a yoga instructor and coach who helps others take control of their mindset around a body image and food she's combined her personal experience as an emotional eater and a constant dieter with the professional experience that she has garnered over the years helping both men and women teens and children change their life and their relationship with food to their bodies and to themselves. Adina helps emotional that Adina helps you find emotional food freedom and harness the tools you need to find liberation. So that's just a little bit about her. Um, I'm not going to do all of our normal segments before we jump into the episode. The one that I did want to keep though is our planetary check-in. So uh, before we kind of get into things, as you guys are hearing this episode, if you're listening on the day of release, it is Monday the 18th, and on the 20th, on Wednesday, the moon moves into Sagittarius, then on 922, which is Friday, the moon moves into Capricorn, on Saturday the 23rd, the sun moves into Libra, so it is Libra season, essentially. Also on the 23rd is the September equinox. Then on the 24th Sunday, the moon moves into Aquarius. On the 26th Tuesday, moon moves into Pisces. And then finally on the 29th, which is a Friday, it is the full moon in Aries. This is also known as the harvest, or I'm sorry, the full harvest moon. And essentially, this is going to be the first full moon of autumn, obviously, just moving into the fall and September equinox. Um, but this is going to be, like I said, the moon in Aries as well. So with that, it's going to be the fourth and last super moon of this year. And then there's also going to be a, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but a penumbral lunar eclipse at the same time as the full moon. It's technically 10 minutes before the full moon peaks on the 29th. So that is our astrology that is coming up in these next couple of weeks. But with that, let's go ahead and just dive right into this episode. Let's dive into Adina's story and our conversation. And I hope you guys enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. I am so excited to be joined by a very, very beautiful and magical guest to you know, four times a charm. And that's just the energy that we have here. So I have the lovely Adina Kelman with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being on the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. Super excited. And I'm good. I'm really, I'm really good. I'm, I'm like, my mood's been changing with the weather. It's been going sunny, cloudy, sunny, cloudy. So Yes, I 100% can relate to that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, should I say it? Should I go out? Should I say it? <laughs> yes. Um, and so to dive in, I just like to always open it up and ask us, tell us who you are. How do you show up in the world? And you can take that question however you want. Uh, I'm Adina. And I, you know, I try to show up in the world with honesty. 
truth, right? That's, that's really and, and how I like to show up, not only for myself, but for my clients. I want to tap into what's present, what is. Uh, and yeah, I, that, that's how I show up. I try, to sh- I try every day consciously to show up with truth. I love that. I think that's important. And a lot of people I feel like, um, sadly don't do that Mm -hmm. or don't intentionally do that. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's hard because sometimes the truth is not comfortable. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. definitely. And so before we get into any body image, eating all of that good stuff, I want to go into, I want to ask you how and this is probably a loaded question. How did you get to that point of wanting to show up truthful every day? Cause it is hard and, yeah. and you have to be comfortable with yourself. <laughs> um, how did I arrive? I mean, I think, you know, it's, um, I think it was a slow personal evolution. You know, I was always, I mean, even ever since I was little, I did like to know where I stood with anybody. Like I, you know, those things were important to me uh friendships loyalty things like that are important to me so how you know how do you maintain that without being completely honest then you you know you do want to show up as your best self and that requires honesty mm-hmm. then you become a not i became a mom and boy that you know you could try to not be honest but those kids like if you want to show up for them and you want to support them you've got to really be honest with uh who you are what you're seeing your core beliefs those things that are holding you back those things that come out of your mouth and you're like well wait what did what did that mean I can't believe I just said that you know I and so I think it was just like kind of like a slow evolution of of healing and wanting to support as best I could, the people, you know, around me. I love that. I think that's so, so honest to you, because I know for me personally, it's, it's oftentimes easier to show up truthfully for others, but not as much for myself. Cause I can hide things for myself easily and be like, well, we're just going to ignore that for a little <laughs> while longer. And so it's like, it really takes that, like I said, conscious effort to do it for others and also yourself, which I think is really important. And I love that. I love that answer. That was a beautiful answer. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. And diving into who you are in terms of your work, tell us a little bit about your work, what you do in this world. So this has been, this has been a kind of a long journey for me. I have to, I have to say, um, this, this is really actually a second career for me. So I didn't start out in this field, although I always had a passion for this field. And I, I, you know, I don't know, my generation wasn't about following your passion. It was about make a living. And, you know, my, my parents were like, no, that's, this is where you need to be. And I was a people pleaser in, in, uh, to some extent, I was like, okay. And so I kind of went the traditional route and, um, I, I started out as a, as a lawyer and not that there weren't parts of that, that I loved. There, there were parts of that, that were, that were exciting and interesting. Uh, but I wanted to be at home when I started having my kids. And so I did that for a very short time. And then I was a stay at home mom. And then when I started to think about, uh, going back 
to work. I feel like I lost track of the question. The, the question was, <laughs> the question was, how did I get into this? Uh, yeah. Like how did you get into your work or, you know, kind of career, like where you're at today? Well, I mean, I always found like, I, again, going back, I always found taking care of the body, moving the body, being physical, being healthy, you know, was mm-hmm. always like something that motivated me. That's something that was really important. Then yeah. after, after having my kids, I wanted to go back to work. And it was on a college road trip with my oldest daughter. I always credit her for this. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about going back to work. And I was looking at jobs for attorneys. And she's like, you're in the wrong field. Like, this is not, this is not your thing. Like, and she, her, her actual statement was, I don't know anybody who could talk about uh, chia seeds versus flax seeds versus hemp seeds for like four hours and think it's <laughs> So I think you need to channel your energy elsewhere. I was like, yeah, that, that's probably true. And so I started like looking around and the different, you know, options. And um, that's how I started in health coaching. And, and I actually started with my husband. My husband is a endocrinologist and he really needed a lot of help with his patients. He didn't have the time. He knew how important diet was, mm-hmm. but he didn't have the time to sit and, and do that part. So yeah. I started out like that in health coaching with type two diabetics and working with them on, on diet. But my burning passion was always eat emotional eating, eating disorders. Um, and even those type two diabetics, the theme was always consistent. Everyone is an emotional eater. Everyone pandemic hit. And all of a sudden I started getting all these clients who were emotionally eating. And that's kind of where I was like, now I'm going to streamline into this as, as my specialty because it is my passion. That mm-hmm. is my, I love that. I think I, so hopefully that answered the question. That's, that yeah. was my, job, how I got into that. <laughs> I love that. And I like, I, I, I know we've, we, I always say we've, I'm this podcast me is still me and Mary in my head. Um, as we've explored this podcast, so we've talked to so many guests who they start in more of that um, corporate, uh, normal societal structure, and they're like, just something isn't right, something isn't right. And it's like, usually, whether it's a conversation with, you know, their child or, or someone else, it's that kind of slap in the face of like, oh, yeah, no, this is not my purpose. And like, right. it might be fulfilled there. But like, it's still not like where, you know, you're meant to be at the end of the yeah. day. And so I love that you have that very similar type of journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it's a good journey. I mean, so, you know, it wasn't just health coaching. It was, I started on the health coaching and then I decided to do yoga teacher training because I myself needed healing. And then the, the two things just played off of one another so beautifully. And then, yeah, everything's just been more hours and more this and more of that. And so here I am, you know, today I, I am a board certified health coach. I am a 500 hour yoga teacher. So I feel like I, you know, it's, and it's, it's the, the thing that makes me sad is that I know there's so much to learn it and you need more than a lifetime to learn it. So, know. you know, know, it's just that constant, constant learning is, yes. is fun. and, and it makes you better at what you do. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I know that's in yoga, especially I've, there's always like more that I want to do. And I'm like one pace yourself, but also like yeah. 
you, you, you only came to work through so much in this lifetime. Like some of it's going to have to be for a different lifetime. <laughs> I can only do so many things. <laughs> exactly. That's hard. Exactly. Yes. yes. And so I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into your story with eating, mm-hmm. dieting. And, and I know I have very much so had a up and down journey, yo-yo dieting, like everything in between. And I've finally in the last few years gotten to this very solid place with myself and my body and food, but it took so many years of work to get here. It was not an overnight thing. And so I would love to still hear how your story, any, anything you want to share and as deep as you want to share. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was actually a, a, a really painful journey and very much like you, it took a very, very long time to unpack, to show up truthfully and to break it down and figure it out. So, you know, as far back as I can I remember, I, you know, I don't, my mother didn't have, listen, I had the best, the best mom. I'm not, she's the, she was the best mom, but she didn't have a solid relationship with food or her body. My grandmother didn't. Um, society doesn't, right? Yeah. So, right, ever since I was little, I, I do remember kind of being, not really little, but once you hit that kind of, I don't know, a little bit before middle school or maybe middle school, I remember always being at war with my body. And that started a very dysfunctional relationship with food and trying and 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 I kind of followed my mom's lead. You know, we tried different diets together. We had all these diet products. I mean, there was nothing, you know, intuitive eating was, if it was a thing, I certainly didn't know about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so hops from diet to diet and, um, you know, I lived in a world that the thinner you got, the, the better it was. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, had uh, an eating disorder that there was there was not enough information at that time. I really probably needed more support than I had, and and I didn't get it. And in fact, things were reinforced that should have been like you know a wake up call. But that was, you know, so that was a struggle for, you know, from middle school all throughout um, post-graduation of college. And then, you know, I was in, I was in law school and that's when things started to click for me. Like, that's when I was like, I think it started to click because I met my husband who really like. I, I felt like he was the first person who saw me for me and things started to like, I started to get really honest and I started to get intuitive about my eating. I started it really to tune in. And that's, and that's when that was the, the journey where things to really heal my relationship with food and my relationship with food. Um, it took, it took a while, but I definitely healed that. And I felt like that was really on solid ground The thing that I think wasn't on such solid ground was still my relationship to my body, right? I think they're two kind of separate things. I don't think they heal at the same time. And it wasn't until I really had my daughters and they were of a certain age that like 
I, re I remember exactly the moment. I remember exactly where we were standing. I remember who was with me. I remember the shorts that my daughter put on. I remember saying, like trying to say very politely why I didn't like these shorts or whatever. And that was the moment, like this light bulb turns on. I'm like, wait, you're still struggling with body image. This is not, then I had to go delve into that. I had to unpack that. I had to like really start to examine my core beliefs, start to pull things apart. And that was another, that was a really long process to where I finally arrived. Okay, here, I, I got, I think I, I think I have a good handle on this now, you know, yeah. and still, you know, listen, it's not like, um, it's hard being a woman in today's society. So it's like every day, again, you show up truthfully, mm -hmm. you do the work. Some days are easier than others. Yes. Right. 100%. The food is not, the food has, has never been an issue for me, but you know, that relationship to body is, I think will always be a struggle for most, for most women. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important too, because I, I, I know I talk so much about that. Like I have come to such a great place with my body of acceptance and stuff. But that does not mean I don't have days where I catch myself like, sit, you know, thinking negative thoughts. And it's like going back to those practices of like, then flipping that to something positive. So that way I can show my body, no, I do love you. And right. it, it so often you have to come back to those practices because it's not just something like, unfortunately, most women just fix or heal. Right. I mean, really, it's so ingrained in us from such an early age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can heal ourselves and then start to heal society and that like the next generation or two can start out at, at a different point, maybe it won't be such hard work for them. Exactly. I don't know. I, I would love, I would that love. That would be miraculous. <laughs> yes. Like the, the future, you know, daughters or granddaughters or whatever, like that gives me chills. Like to think that if they could grow up in a society where they don't have to feel that from right. such a young age, like that would just be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yep. Yes. And so yeah. you mentioned something that I wanted to dive into a little bit further as well. And that's intuitive eating. This is something that has gotten so popular, especially in the last few years. I think like COVID time, I, I feel like especially I started hearing it more and more mainstream wise. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little bit more on your thoughts about intuitive eating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so I mean, intuitive eating is exactly what it sounds like. It's using intuition to decide what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, right? Because the body is smart. The body, if we get quiet enough to listen, if we tune out all the noise that comes in at us from so many different directions all the time, if we can get truthful and really listen and rely on the body's natural intelligence, we know what to eat. We know when to eat it. We know how much to eat. Like, you, you know that as a young child, like you if it's not emotional, you just, you eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. Yep. So intuitive eating at its most basic level is is learning how to listen to your body. Now, not everybody is at the same, um, not everyone starts out at the same place and how much they know about nutrition. So it doesn't, you know, intuitive eating, eating doesn't mean that that you're not balancing out intuition with a general knowledge of nutrition, things that, 
you know, support the body versus things that don't. And that's not to say that the things that are less supportive don't fit in. You know, I do have an all foods fit approach, but it's knowing, okay, well, you know, maybe one day you wake up and you have a donut for breakfast because that's what you really want. And, you know, and you know that maybe that's not the most supportive, right? But you have it and you move on. If you're having that every day, you know, that's something we need to address. So it is about make. I, I really hate to use the word healthy, but it's about making, you know, solid food choices, learning about nutrition and learning how to listen to your body, to eat when you're hungry, to stop when you're full and to choose the foods consistent with what you know about nutrition that will satisfy you in the moment. Mm-hmm. Does that, it's not, you know, it's a very, it's a very anti-rule approach, which is scary for most people because most people don't trust themselves. There's not that self-connection and they want a plan. They want rules. So intuitive eating is really about learning how to create a structure for yourself and a framework and, and learn what your eating style is and learn how to satisfy yourself just based on you. You know, mm-hmm. no one is telling you what, what to do because that doesn't work. Yeah, that's lived. Intuitive eating is um, it, it it's a long game program, and we all know that life throws a lot of curveballs at us. There are times when life is happy, and there are times when life is just very dark. Mm-hmm. But if you learn how to eat intuitively, you can ride those waves. Your weight is not going up and down according to emotion. It's it's kind of like a somewhat separate area, you know, I mean, of course, okay. different things affect your appetite, but you know, for the most part, once you can trust yourself, you, you know, again, it's a long, it's, it's, it's a long end game. Mm-hmm. Does that make, yeah, no, it makes I, sense. I think it's, it's, it's also, I just want to make sure. No, no, I think, I think that's a great way to put it because it, it's, I feel like when people talk about any type of diet, it's, it's to get to, to get to an end point. You, you finish the diet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the exact opposite of what intuitive eating is. It's a lifetime process and you're going to be figuring it out along the way as well. Exactly. Because I mean, even, you know, a great point, like, so, I mean, most people go on a diet, I mean, what 80, 90% or more, they go on a diet to lose weight, mm-hmm. but let's say you go on a diet because you claim that it's for health and you're following keto, you're following paleo, you're following something like that. Again, it's very artificial, I personally think, right, to, to, to follow this set of rules, because there are times when your body needs more carbs than others. It's time when there are times when your body needs more protein there as you age, your body's going to need more of some things and less of other things. Uh, and that's also how intuitive eating helps you ride the waves of change. It's not just the emotional things that happen during life, but it's how your body changes. I mean, you're not going to eat the same way at 20 that you do at 40, that you do at 60. Mm-hmm. But if, again, if you're, you know, tuning in, I, I do think the body will show you the way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and kind of going to, I wouldn't say the other side of this, but so many people, whether they're on their intuitive eating journey or or not, uh, struggle with like we are talking about emotional eating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even I do, you know, at times, especially, you know, times of extreme sadness or depression, things like that, I go, I 
will find myself still going towards food. And so do you have any tips or maybe anything you found along your journey to help when you find yourself in those, those spots? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, so I, you know, I, I feel like I don't have a blanket general answer because it's such a multidimensional kind of approach to food and body image healing and, and healing your relationship with food. And there's so many different strategies and some resonate with, with us people more than others, right? So mm-hmm. depending when I'm working with a, a wide variety of clients, what I suggest to one person may totally not work with another. Yeah. So again, I mean, my only tip is about finding the methods that allow you again, to show up truthfully, like what, like, hold on, let's get mindful. Like here I am again. Oh, wow. I'm using food again. You know, how do I want to show up for myself? Is this the way I want to show myself? I mean, it always does come down to that base question of like, like the first question you started out with was a brilliant question because when people listen, everybody eats emotionally and mindlessly at some point, that's just, you know, human nature. But the, is to catch yourself and ask come back to that basic question well how do I want to show up for myself today do I want to you know do I want to show up with self-love or do I want to use those same ineffective coping strategies and then once you answer that question you go back to that tool set that you built whether it's breathing or journaling or maybe it's even distraction for five minutes before you sit in the discomfort or maybe it's you know just so many different things it can be tactile sensing it can be um you know, I mean, it just sound healing, it can be meditation, it can be moving your body, like so many different things. Yeah. But, you know, again, the underlying question remains the same. And the underlying goal really is the same. Because until you do the uncomfortable work and unpack that story and challenge those core beliefs that you have about body and food and how things are supposed to be, nothing else is going to change. So, right. That's, I mean, if I had a tip for anyone, it's about, you've got to look at that, this story that you have about yourself, about food, about the world. Like you've got to sit down and look at what your core beliefs are Mm -hmm. because that, that's, what's guiding the ship. Yeah. 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 And it's like you said earlier, um, when we were kind of talking about, uh, getting into the conversation, you're talking about, you figured out later on that the the journey of the food and that the body image are different and I think that you know you definitely if you've went through maybe the food one and not the body one emotional eating like can still be so disconnected because you're not putting it with the body so getting more into the body piece of it when you were really going through this journey and kind of having these moments what were some of the tools that you used to come to more of an acceptance, more of a, a healing place with yourself? Oh, that's a, I mean, oh, that's such a good question. I think I, it started out because I needed to do it for my daughters. I think it started out really more for them than for me. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to show up differently for them and change the message that I was putting out there. I think the healing was just examining those core beliefs of, well, what, how do we define beauty? And, and, you know, I mean, diet culture defines beauty in such 
a narrow range. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of walk around with that definition, whether we realize it or not stuck in our heads. So I guess I unpacked it from, from that angle, like pulling apart, well, what, what does it mean to, you know, what is acceptable? What is, and also at the end of the day, I was tired. I was exhausted. I was like, I don't want to fight this. I like, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to be worrying about a pound or two or a wrinkle or a sag. Like who cares anymore? Done. (laughs) I think, I don't know if that, I mean, I know it's not really concrete, but again, it was this constant unraveling of, wait, why do I think like that? Like, Mm -hmm oh, I'm looking at that person and, oh, wait, there's a judgment and what's behind that judgment and what's like, until I could clear that, I couldn't really work with clients uh, in, in fully. Like I really, like, you know, you're, you you have to heal your stuff before you can help <laughs> others. So, I mean, it is something that I work on every day, but I, I'm feeling it like a solid, a relatively solid ground. And again, like you said, it's not like I wake up every morning and I'm like, Ooh, I'm like feeling great. Right. It's about accepting and knowing it's okay. And knowing like, this is what a normal body looks like. And that's, that's enough. It's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and knowing it's enough, I think, because it's, I know that's something that I always struggle with is the enoughness, whether it's with body image or work or whatever. It's, it's, it's something that I think so many struggle with and it can seep into like so many different areas and aspects of the life. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a type A personality perfectionist, right? So this, this constant question of what is enough has been a theme throughout my entire life, which is why I labeled my company a life in balance. Like it, for me, my my biggest my biggest motivator was finding balance for myself. And so, you know, where at at what weight am I comfortable? Not that I know my weight, but at what weight am I comfortable in, in my mm-hmm. body? What activity level am I comfortable in my body? At what you know, these are things about just finding balance, not getting obsessive. You know, it doesn't mean you're throwing caution to the wind and not taking care of yourself. It's very much about taking care of yourself about yeah. you know, foods and movement and activities that support you on many different levels, not just physically, but emotionally. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I really love that your journey started with, with your daughters too, because I think when you said that I, I never actually really placed this as much as I did in the, in the, in the moment I have been on the, like a body journey for so long, but it was once my niece was born and I wanted to think, how am I going to show up for her? And then how am I going to show up for, I haven't had kids yet, but I want kids. And how am I going to show up for those daughters? And I, I, you know, I thought, well, I have to start working on this now. Cause she's here. Like my niece was here. And that's when I really started to work on it was once she was born in 2019. And I think 2019, 2020 were like those years that I, I really worked with myself in a much deeper level than I ever did before. And I, yeah, I just, I never connected that before. When you said your daughter, I was like, yeah, I, that's, that was like a catalyst for me was I can't say these things about myself in front of Marley. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want her to hear this and then say these things about herself. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And 
I did say those things about myself when my daughter, when my daughters were young, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize the impact that yeah. it had. Like I was operating kind of in a bubble, like, well, I have a solid food relationship. My daughters never saw me diet. They never, they saw me have a very healthy relationship with food. Ah, but those other comments that kept sneaking in, those were very, very poisonous. And yeah. 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 I mean, like you said earlier, you don't blame your mom. I'm the same way. I mean, my, I watched I did the same things with my mom. My mom said things about her body, you know, and I don't blame her. Like it's a different time. And I think we all like have to go through our own journeys and it's reflecting and growing from where we were or from maybe what we did, you know, with, with our kids in the past. Exactly. I mean, this is what I tell clients all the time. We do the best we can with the tools that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. So they try to hone um, it's getting very, it's, it's thundering. Can I'm just going to put it, can I put on the light? Cause I'm sitting of in course. You're like, I'm getting in a dark room at the moment. Okay. Wait, hold on. <laughs> okay. My dog is going to come in shaking soon. Um, no. we, we show up, we do the best we can with the tools that we have. And the intention is to keep honing in on those tools, mm-hmm. keep building that skill set. And, you know, here, I mean, no, I don't blame my mom or my grandmother, but that's an important point because those people in charge, those caretakers that we hand over our trust to, that that we assume know everything, they're the same victims of diet culture. So yeah. the medical, there are a lot of medical professionals out there that are giving out very bad advice. Because they too are victims of diet culture. So it's not a blaming situation, but you've got to, you've, you've got to advocate for yourself, but you've also got to question things. You've got to, you know, you've you've got to know that, um, that everyone is, is, is subject to the same messaging. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And you in, in that answer, you, you talked a little bit about tools and I know we were talked a little bit about tools for body stuff and things, but my favorite kind of tools are more of the spiritual tools, getting into whether it's meditations, journaling, crystals, healing work with Reiki, all of the things, yoga, yoga has been such a healing tool since I was young. So I'd love to hear what are some of your favorite tools and you know, what are some of the self-love tools that you always come back to? I mean, I do, you, listen, you can't be a yoga teacher and not, you know, th- that's one of my favorite tools. Moving the body in a way that encourages you to be intuitive, to connect, to listen, to find the breath, those, that's, that's very healing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, meditation for me was a life changer. I never thought, you know, I was always poo poo on meditation because I can't sit and I can't do this. And in the course of, uh, my, my 300 hour training, I, one of the modules was energy work. And that like actually really changed my life because those meditations were so powerful and so profound. And so I do, I do really like, meditation and breath work as a healing tool. I mean, breath work in it. I think, I mean, if I had to give you one answer, I think breath work is the most powerful yes. healing. Tool. 
the most powerful because it brings you into present presence. It, um, it, it has a physical effect on the body. It, it naturally calms you down and it gives you that pause and it gives you that space. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, and there are so many breath work techniques. So if I had to give you one answer, breath work, I would say breath work. My second answer is I have to say, I've been getting into, I did some sound healing certifications. I've been getting yeah. into sound I am now like obsessed with sound healing. And sometimes oh. if I'm feeling stressed, I will just like go play my crystal bowls and just the power of that vibration. Like everything is vibration. Everything's energy, right? Uh -huh. So yeah, I guess my first go-to is breath for everything. When I get stressed, when clients get stressed, when my kids get stressed, it's, it's the breath work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I am the same way. Yeah. And like, I, I feel sometimes like a broken record because people will be like, well, how do you do this? Or how have you worked on your anxiety? What would you say is the number one thing or, you know, stress, eating, anything? And I'm like, well, it's just, mm -hmm. I always come back to my breath because I, no matter where I am, I have my breath with me. If right. I don't have breath with me, I'm not going to be here anymore. And that's I okay when that time comes, but I'm going to use my breath any chance I can, because it, it's like you said, it's going to drop you into your body and it's going to put you in that present moment like nothing else can. Agreed. Yeah, it is very powerful. I mean, and you even see the effects like with clients who have not, who haven't done that before, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone knows they know how to breathe, but we're all, you know, walking around like this anxious ball and we're like, you know, this shallow breathing and we really don't know how to breathe. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Once, you know, it's very simple. It's not even, it's just allowing yourself the space to, to do that. Mm -hmm. So people are amazed at just how five minutes of like just deep, calm breathing can really change everything. Yeah. 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 I remember at my last, my last job that I had been at, it was remote and I was on like a call with my team and I said something about doing breath work that morning and people are like, breath work, <laughs> like we, we all know how to breathe, Holly. And I'm like, but have you ever consciously like, you know, breathed, inhaled, mm -hmm. exhaled, felt it in your body? And I, all of them were like, no. And a few weeks later, one of the guys messaged me and he was like, I have been practicing some breath work on an app that I had never really looked at it before. And once you said it, I decided to start doing it. And he was like doing like three to five minutes a day. And he's like, I never knew that like I could use this as a tool and just use this to a way to call me and like, and so many instances of my life. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't yeah. spouting shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's so rewarding. Just that, you know, that in the in, end of itself. Yes, exactly. I was like, I'm glad you found it. Like I, yeah. I'm, my message wasn't lost. And like, at least one person heard it. Like, like, that's <laughs> <I ask>. right. <laughs> um, getting into kind of whether it's breathwork meditation, whatever it is, I would love to hear, do you have any certain set or moving morning or evening routines? Yeah, I, so that's, you know, it's, I, I am a very disciplined person. I don't have a set routine because each day looks different for me. Like my, you know, really my teaching schedule and my client schedule, my teaching schedule is set. So on the days that I teach, I might be sleeping in and just like go out and teach my class and then come home and, you know, do whatever. Um, clients are booked, you know, differently every week. 
So I don't really have a set schedule. It's just about like, okay, let me look at my day. Let me see where I need to be. And in between those times, where am I fitting in a quiet meal? Where am I fitting in movement for myself? Where am I fitting in some downtime? Where am I fitting in my errands? So each, you know, it's not that it's not planned out. Mm -hmm. It is, but each day looks slightly different. And there are days when I want to be super active and there are days when I want to be super lazy. And, you know, there are days where um, I just plan to hike. So those days are going to look very different than, than my other days. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good answer. Cause I, I feel like even when we started this podcast, I was very much, I was trying to have a set morning routine and a set night routine because I am someone who is also very type A. I like, I like the idea of routine. I like having a very strategic plan, but I have realized that having a moving morning routine and a moving evening routine where there are things that I just want to get done. It's sometimes, in the, you know, in the morning, there's things that I just know I want to get done in the evening. I don't care how I do them or what order I do them or some days I know I'm not going to do them. And that's also okay because it's okay for three times a week sometimes. Right. It's like, oh, do I, do I want to be more, do I need to be more connected? Do I want to meet a friend for coffee or lunch? Uh, the weather plays a huge part. Like, yeah. let me look at the weather for the week. Am I going to be outside? Am I going to be inside? So I do like a kind of a moving routine, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's easier to have when you have my kind of job. Like I'm not getting up and going into an office nine to five or nine to whatever. So, you know, it's a, it's, I, I think my schedule actually kind of requires me to be more flexible that way. That makes sense. Because yeah. It's a frag. It is a fragmented schedule. And I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's how some people work best too, is, yeah. is having fragmented schedule. And, you know, for me, I, I do have a, like a, a nine to five job and I still find a way to have like this moving morning and evening routine because I, I like a lot, just allow myself the time in the morning. I don't wake up when I have 10 minutes to get out the door because that's going to make me feel very terrible. Probably the rest of the day, like I <laughs> wake up knowing I have at least an hour and 20 minutes. That's like, I, I just know I need time in the morning. Cause if I want to move slow, I want to have time to move slow. If I want to get up and get ready and do this and do that, and then just have time to like hang out before I go to work, then great. Now I have the space to do that. And like, that has been a weird, like thing that I've realized in the last few years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Cause I used to be very regimented with my schedule too. And now I'm no longer, no longer, which again, doesn't mean I'm not planning. It just means. Oh yeah. I'm always planning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I relate on a deep level to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's planned. It maybe isn't like this set routine, but like things are planned. Right. Right. And then you have a backup plan for the plan. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. Yeah, of this is what's happening today. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's important. Um, and I know I've learned this a lot from yoga of being okay with the flow. And that's why I have the backup plan because I need to like learn to accept the flow. And this is how I've like learned that flow in my life. Mm -hmm. Do you hear my phone ringing by the way? I heard a split second and I was like, is this a home phone? I'm going to just keep that just the first little ring. I'm going to keep that in just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of ringing, 
Uh, <laughs> that's not a good segment at all to move into this question, but it kind of is because my, my next question is my signature question that Mary always asks, and that's what's a media or medias that you've been consuming recently that you think others should know about? This can be educational. This can be non-educational podcasts, books, TV shows, music, whatever. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have favorite pop. You're going to be my new That's favorite okay. for sure, but I'm not listening to anything specific. I was listening to, um, I forgot the name of it. It, I have to, I have to, uh, I forgot Aubrey, Aubrey, something she talks about diet culture. And I was listening to her for a while um, I like my, every time I read something, I mean, my reading is always, it, it's it really, I need to branch out. I really do need to branch out because my reading is either about yoga, you know, cause I do a lot of teaching um, modules to 200 hour teachers who are trying to become 300 hour teachers. So I teach, uh, you know, restorative and yin and myth and divine feminine power. So I'm always reading about that. And then I'm reading things. Um, you know, to better my clients. I mean, here's, so what am I, so here are my books right now I'm reading. There's actually, I have a body, a new body image workbook that I just found. Ooh. So, you know, we could do that, but this has been really, I'm, I'm reading a, this book called Nurturing Resilience. And it's really about the trauma that, that we hold on to and how we hold on to it. So if you've ever, ever read the book, the body keeps score, like that's a, you know, a standard kind of book and you know how trauma is held in the body mm -hmm. and why yoga is so important, right? Because it becomes this way to start to, again, get it to your story, break it down, change it, get it out. So maybe I would recommend that book, Nurturing Resilience. It's been pretty good so far. It's by, um, Kane and Terrell. I don't know. I just, that's, does that answer what that and music? I listen to everything. I'm always listening to yeah. music. I'm making playlists because I'm always teaching a yoga class. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there any uh, specific artist you've been into recently? I was never into Lana Del Rey, but there's this new album that, no, it may not be a new album, but I just discovered it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it's like black and white. I, I that, um, Lord, I can't, it's H-U-R-O-N. I'm not, you're on. I feel like, I, I, feel like I know who it is, but I don't know how to say it either. So I'm not going gonna... to. I don't know how to say it because I'm from New York and I can't pronounce my H's and everyone makes fun of me because that I can't pronounce the, the H, but so that's why I'm not saying it, but that's been an amazing album. Actually, all of my playlists are on Spotify. So you can kind of see what okay. I'm doing. It's at Dina Kelman, just because for class, we need to post them for our, our, our uh, online community. So mm. you can see artists there. Uh, who else? Those two artists. Uh, that's about it. I've been really getting into kind of instrumental classical music too. I don't, my father would be thrilled if I admitted that to him. But yeah, just some like some music that doesn't have words so that you can kind of feel what you're feeling without having somebody. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes, I like that. But I do a lot. I like that. I think it's important to like sprinkle those very instrumental pieces into classes because mm -hmm. I like music is 
my move like I move with my music and but it's like getting to those those songs where there's nothing and I'm like all right well everyone's got to buckle up because you're on your own now through this one (laughs) like I'm gonna move you but you're with your thoughts Oh, I, I found another, I found this new artist that I had never uh, heard of and I love them. I think it's Chris and Thomas. It's on my Spotify. They've done a couple songs that I've been using in class. I, I think they're amazing. Okay. And Blood Pilot, I just kind of discovered too. If I remember, I'll link the Spotify in the show notes so that if others are also interested, yeah, yeah. just jump down there and click away. <laughs> Um, And my signature question that I like to always ask guests is what are three things you are incredibly grateful for today? You know, I, I'm very grateful for really some basic things. I try to remind myself every day, like you have a home, you, your breath, you have your breath, you have food, like the basic survival things like every day. Of course, there are other things that I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for my connections, my family, my work. But I always start out with the most basic, basic survival things that not everybody has. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I'm grateful for. I'm here, I'm breathing. I can get food when I want it. I have shelter. And um, yeah. You're inside when it's storming. <laughs> I know. It's like pitch black right now outside. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You you had asked though a really good question about diet culture. What what makes diet culture like that was one of I, yeah yeah yes yes. What's one of the like but worst it, things? Yeah, about? one of the worst things. You know, when I thought about that question, it made me like the first couple of things I said led me to what I really realized was the worst thing about diet culture. Right. So it's not just that diet culture is based on a bunch of lies and right this is what I'm grateful for is what's the worst thing about diet culture. Diet culture is so disempowering, right? Mm-hmm. It, it moves us away from ourselves. We, we don't, we don't connect. We, we learn to distrust ourselves. I think that's one of the things I am also most grateful for is that, you know, if you can wake up with a sense of empowerment, it's not every day, you know, it shifts, it's relative, but if you know that you are empowered to get through mm-hmm. to the other, but that that's, you know, that's something to be really grateful for. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's my list. We'll just put it in there. Hey, gratitude. Yeah. This or gratitude. <laughs> that's right. I love it. And my last question for you is okay. where can listeners find you? Anything we should expect next, et cetera. Okay. Well, so local people, you know, um, I, wa- I wasn't in an office and I was in a doctor's office for a very long time. I just took new office space. So local people can book appointments with me in my office where I do health coaching, but I also do private yoga, private sound healing, meditation. So, you know, that's, that's something. Uh, social media platforms, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, everything is pretty much I think on Twitter, I'm at Adina underscore Kelman, but like, Facebook and Instagram, it's a life in balance with Adina. And that's a really great place to find me I post every day. Um, you know, I post things about business, personal things, um, different events that I'm holding. So that's something definitely to look at. I do run 
a private Facebook group uh, that, you know, you answer three questions and I let you in based on the questions that <laughs> scammers out there. So I really don't let everyone, this is a private Facebook group where we talk about body image and emotional eating. And we just try to, I just try to keep, we have almost, no, how many members do we have? I think over 400 members, um, 400, almost 450. And it's just a group that I feel strongly about. I mean, there's no cost to join, right? It's just a group for support, like a, a group where you can share wins, disappointments, you can ask questions, you can be like, hey, I'm struggling with this or whatever. So you can find me there. Um, I do virtual work. Good things coming up in the future. I'm, there's going to be some good things. I just, I just, I think I'm going to do some like cacao ceremonial event. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. I have some yoga nidra events coming up. Uh, yeah. I, I did have an online book for a while. So there's that about intuitive eating. There's a handbook um go to my website i'd say maybe go the best thing is to go to my website it's www.alifeinbalance.co there's no m it's not .com it's .co so that's that's where you can find me my email's there you can shoot me a message my phone number's there you can shoot me a text uh you can book a 30 minute strategy call free of charge if you wanted to start working with me and yeah, there's many ways to reach me. And I'll have all of the links below in the show notes. And uh, I love that you have the Facebook group too, because I think it's very important. And I know a lot of people don't always have others to talk to when they're going through these journeys, or it's uncomfortable maybe to talk to friends and family about like going through the self body journey, but it's nice that there's a space for people to go to and that it's a safe space for people to go to. Right. That was really my intention was to create a, a really safe space. I love that. And, uh, yeah. So thank you yeah. for holding it. Yes. <laughs> thank you for acknowledging it. <laughs> of course. Of course. And thank you for being on. I'm so glad we finally got to chat. And I feel like we did the body stuff and I've, I was formulating so many like other questions, yoga wise and like spiritual wise. So maybe that's going to be a future conversation. <laughs> okay me on again we can we can talk endlessly i'm i'm game for that for for sure i love it yeah i can talk about that endlessly so i love it hopefully we won't have to do four (laughs) it'll be first time's the charm that time (laughs) not four feelings but hey as long as it works out we got here we got here thank you so much thank you I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Adina as much as I have. I truly, truly just feel like I learned so much. I had so many like relational moments of like what she was saying and like feeling like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there. I understand. And so it was really nice to just like relate on a soul level to her. I love the work that she's doing with clients and just with everybody in the world. I think so many more people need to work on not only their, their, you know, mindset around food, but their mindset around body image. Um, and with 
the ending of this week's episode, the quote of the week that I wanted to share is something that I felt was very, I don't know, it just, it reminded me of Adidas energy. So that's why I picked this one specifically. It's a quote by Steve Miraboli. And the quote says, those with a grateful mindset tend to see the message in the mess. And even though life may knock them down, the grateful find reasons, even if small ones, to get up. Those with a grateful mindset tend to see the message in the mess. And even though life may knock them down, the grateful find reasons, even if small ones, to get up. And with that, I wanted to share, obviously, my gratitude. So one thing I am grateful for today is going to be truly just the relationship with my husband. I I feel like as we continue to grow, we just continue to grow just that. And I feel like it's so exciting when you start to, you know, look back on, you know, your, your coupleness, if you will, and see the changes that you've made, you know, you know, how you grow together, how you communicate, how you show up for each other. And obviously we're continuing to still do that work. I think it's always a continual process in a relationship, but it's just really cool to look back and reflect on that. And so I really encourage you, if you are in a partnership to do the same and, and to really share those thoughts with your partner as well. Um, and then the final thing, as Miss Mary would always ask, What's media I've been consuming recently? So I've been trying to think of something that I have not talked about. And um, I'm going to go with, let me see, the book I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about yet. So I don't want I don't, to, I don't know what my thoughts are. So I don't want to talk about that yet. Um, TV show, you know what? I've got one. Media I've been consuming. I've only had one episode so far. There's only been two released in the season, but the morning show on Apple TV is back with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, Billy Crudup, Crudup, Crudup. And I just watched the first season premiere of season three last night. And I just love that so- show. And it's so interesting as that show has, um, you know, gone into each season, obviously with the timeline that we are actually in COVID, et cetera. It's been interesting to see how it follows some of that sort of stuff, like in the background almost. And so I'm really excited to kind of see how this season um, takes shape, if you will. Um, So yeah, that's the media I've been consuming recently and I've loved every season. So I'd really recommend that show if you have not watched it before. Like I said, it's on Apple TV. And yeah, that is this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Adina. All of her links are going to be below as always in the show notes. And if you've got questions for me, if you have a topic you want me to chat on, a guest you want me to reach out to and chat with, et cetera, you can find me over on Instagram at getfittywiththepod, or you can email me at getfittywiththepod at gmail.com. With that, I hope you guys have an amazing next two weeks. I'm sending you so much love. And remember that every moment and every day that you show up with gratitude is going to be a moment in a day that is more positive and more fulfilling for you. Bye.